Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Pilgrim Devotion. I am your host, Michael Howard, the senior pastor of Seaford Baptist Church, and this podcast is for anyone inside or outside of Seaford Baptist Church who is living the pilgrim life, representing the kingdom of God in the kingdom of man. And Merry Christmas to you. The season is upon us. It is the week after Thanksgiving 2023. Put up the decorations. Have a little eggnog. I don't drink it, but you do what you do. All right. Uh, celebrate with the music. All right. Listen to some Bing. Listen to some Frank. Listen to some Andrew Peterson. Behold the Lamb of God. Okay. Go and, and see the movies and, and, and the lights. It's all upon us. This is my favorite time of the year. I love the run from September 1 to you know, basically New Year's. I uh, really enjoy the entire holiday run, the fall, the, the weather, and then it, it culminates with the, the, the majestic beauty of Christmas. <laughs> and, and Christmas has only become sweeter to me since becoming a Christian at 14 years old. I loved Christmas before I was a believer. And then once I came to understand the true meaning of it, my, my just affection for Christmas soared through the roof. I used to start celebrating like November 1st, and it was even starting to creep into October a little. Now I've become a pretty strict. I'm not really, I'll do some shopping pre-Thanksgiving. I'll do as much shopping as possible pre-Thanksgiving. But I, I like to go ahead and, and really wait till the week before Thanksgiving. We put the decorations up so that when we come home from Thanksgiving, they're just up. But outside of that, I, I don't do the music or the movies or any of that until after Thanksgiving now. I like to wait. I like to really uh, enjoy the season kind of in the time that everyone else is enjoying the season. And I find that I cherish it more if I do it less, you know, if, if I just kind of confine it to the season. So indeed, Thanksgiving is past. Christmas is here. Let us celebrate. And I hope you're doing something special for Advent. I hope it's not just, you know, the traditions and the movies. We can't let it just be that, right? We can't let it fall short. We have to go beyond that to the substance of it. And so spend this season, whether you're using a special devotional book or a liturgy book or, or, or whatever you're doing, spend the season really thinking about the first coming of Christ, thinking about the second coming of Christ and rejoicing in your Savior. With all that said, what says Christmas better than a family fight, than a good old brouhaha around the Reformed table? And that's what's going on. We have Doug Wilson and Kevin DeYoung putting their dukes up. Now, I want to give some context to this. I want to talk about this today. For some of you, you've never heard of, of Doug Wilson or Kevin DeYoung, so let me explain who they are. Kevin DeYoung's a guy I really like, so cards on the table. I'm a Kevin DeYoung fan. Got quite a few of his books on our shelf here. We've just recently given his book, Do Not Be True to Yourself, to our graduates uh, at Seaford Baptist as they head off into the world. So we like Kevin DeYoung. I, I am pro Kevin DeYoung. I find him to be a very helpful brother. And he's a Presbyterian guy, uh, serves down in North Carolina, used to serve up near Michigan State. I'm actually going to a conference that he is putting on with, uh, with Pastor Ben, the other, the other pastor of this church. And we're going to this pastor's conference together in March that's being put on by Kevin DeYoung. So cards on the table, I'm a Kevin DeYoung guy. Um, disagree with him about some things. Obviously, I'm a Baptist. He's a Presbyterian. We have some big disagreements, but I just find him to be a really good, helpful uh, brother in the Lord and love his writing, and uh, I think he's a pretty good preacher as well. Now, all that being said, 
Doug Wilson and Kevin DeYoung uh, find themselves at odds. And, and really, Kevin DeYoung picks this fight. Kevin DeYoung is the one who is uh, really unprovoked writing an article about Doug Wilson. But you could say Doug Wilson's been provoking Kevin DeYoung and all of evangelicalism for some time. So let me explain who Doug Wilson is. He also is a Reformed guy. And he serves uh, at Christ Church, that is his church, in Moscow, Idaho, where the University of Idaho is. About 25,000 people live in that town. And they are, you know, they're unapologetic about the fact that they are trying to take over the town for Jesus, like completely, like the government, the schools, everything. They've established a K through 12 school. Uh, there, people are moving there to be a part of this, and they even have a packet that they will send you if you want to move there, where they like talk to you about how to find work, and 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 they also tell you that no racism or conspiracy theories are welcome. Which I don't know. We don't have to go on our church website and make that clear. So I just feel like if you're needing to make that clear, maybe there's something about your tone that needs checking, and that's probably why Kevin DeYoung wrote this article in the first place. But I get ahead of myself. Um, I'm not anti-Doug Wilson. Like there, there are things in, in the sense that there are things Doug Wilson says that I would agree with, and views he holds that I would also hold. I, I mean, he, his promotion of Cornelius Van Til and his presuppositional apologetics. Um, I love. So instead of like the Lee Strobel approach of let's go to neutral ground and try to argue from neutral ground for the truth of Christianity, you say, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> the word of God is where the power is. So when I come to have a conversation about apologetics, I'm coming with the presupposition that the word of God is infallible, it's inerrant, that it is true, it's inspired, it's not going to lead us astray, that it's sufficient. Like I'm bringing all that to the table. And some people say that circular reasoning, but everybody uses circular reasoning with their presuppositions. So why would I leave my presupposition at home, especially when it's the word of God, the sword of the spirit? So Van Til has been so helpful. He's been so good. His teaching has been so good. And guys like Doug Wilson have helped make Van Til kind of stay in the conversation of evangelicalism. Um, but he's a controversial figure because he is a Christian nationalist. And not just like in the way that CNN says anybody who wants to see a Christian influence on this nation is a Christian nationalist. He's a post-millennialist who says we fulfill the Great Commission not just by seeing souls converted, but by seeing thrones converted. And famously, Christ Church and New St. Andrews, which is uh, the college he serves on staff at, that is also there uh, in, in, that, uh, in that city, they, they are famous for saying, hey, we're taking over Moscow. Like, like we're, not, we're not making any bones about it. This is going to be a Christian city. And that's why people are moving there to kind of be a part of this movement. And he's also controversial because he likes to stir it up. He's got something called No Quarter November, which is the big thing that Kevin DeYoung takes issue with in, in the article that I'm going to get to here in a moment. Um He's got this thing called uh, No Quarter November where he takes like like throughout the month he's writing, he's record uh, writing blogs, recording podcasts. He's he's putting out there these really kind of, you know, in your face views 
I'm taking the gloves off. You know, no quarter, it, it, it refers to that time in war where combatants are not taken prisoner, but they are killed. And so he's like, I'm going after my enemies. I'm not messing around here. So, for example, I, I looked up just his latest article he put out on November 27th for No Quarter November 23. Um, and there's a bunch of blogs, I mean, all throughout the month. But this was just the latest one I picked from November 27th. He talked about... Uh, in case there are children in the room, there's quite a few words that Doug Wilson likes to use that I'm not going to be able to use on this podcast and that I don't really want to use anyways. This is a word, uh, it rhymes with boars, and I've used it in sermons, and it's in the Bible, so I wouldn't feel so bad about saying it, but you might have your kids in the car, and they might be four, and you're not ready for them to hear that word, so I'll just, I'll tone it back for the moment and say, uh, he talks about clickbait, the word it rhymes with boars, he rips Paul Simon. He redefine. He rips the redefining of democracy. He rips uh, the the worldview of of the, the the current worldviews on on fertility and economics that he says are seeping into the church. He rips bad teenage Christian playlist. Uh, he he rips women in sports. All, all, all of it. I mean, he's just he just running down everything he's mad about that day, you know. And people eat it up. People eat it up. They listen to the podcast. They read the blogs, and they absolutely. Love it. So anyways, Kevin DeYoung writes this article about Doug Wilson because Doug Wilson is a guy that that a lot of millennials are attracted to, and I would say especially millennial males. Uh, he is a guy that ga- is gaining more and more popularity as Christian nationalism, like real post-millennial Christian nationalism seems to be uh, becoming pop in evangelicalism today. It, it's it's having a comeback in light of, of, of that. Uh, he's becoming more popular. I've actually not talked about Doug Wilson much in our church at Seaford Baptist purposely because I don't want people to fall in love with him. Like I actually think we have folks in our church who can get pretty fired up politically uh, and might hear Doug Wilson talk and might go, oh man, this guy, you know, he sounds like he believes a lot of the stuff that my pastor believes, that my church believes, but he's also got a little bit of that Fox News vitriol. And I, I'm scared that, that, that we have folks in our church who just their hearts might latch onto that because of what Kevin DeYoung says in the beginning of his article. So the article is called On, on the Culture War, Doug Wilson and the Moscow Mood. And it's written on his clearly reformed blog. It's by Kevin DeYoung. And he makes the point that like the reason we have people in our church, and there are many Christians around the world, especially in, talking about the Western world here, that are that are feeling like guys like Doug Wilson are an attractive option for them is because they look at the world and they see CRT in the universities. They say it's overrun the universities, and they're right about that. And so there is a, a level of we've got to do something right? There's violence in the streets. We've got to do something. There's moral degradation all around us in this culture, particularly in pop culture and the music, the movies, all those things. Next week, I'm going to do a podcast on, on, on the world, talking about the world wrapped. What did the world like this year? What, what, was the favorite, what were the favorite movies of the world? What were the favorite books of the world? What were the favorite songs of the world? And what, are, what, is, this, what is being said in, in these different forms of media what is the world buying into and, and what are they uh, adhering to and what are they preaching, right? So I'm going to look at that in our podcast next week, and, and that's going to be, uh, I won't say it's going to be fun, but I think it'll be interesting. But the moral degradation in pop culture is undeniable, right? And, and, and there's just like 
I, I mentioned vitriol a moment ago. There's just plain old uh, what what Kevin DeYoung calls Western vitriol all around. Like everybody's just kind of seething and angry, whether you're on the right or left. There's a lot of that. So when there is so much tension in the air and there are Christians looking for answers, they're not going to run to Doug Wilson because they're foolish. I'm not saying that. They're going to run to Doug Wilson because it sounds good, like good reform biblical doctrine, and yet it's got that, yeah, we're going to take the culture back, you know? And I think that there's a lot of people who will just latch onto that quickly because their hearts are in a state where they're looking for answers. And that's Kevin DeYoung's point. Christians are asking, what do we do now? And Doug Wilson's like, oh, are you guys not going to answer? I've got answers. I'll say what we're going to do now. And I'll say what we're doing up here in Moscow. And there are people joining in on that. because like, well, hey, he's given an answer. <laughs> At least he's given an answer. So... DeYoung, though, has a problem with the answer that Doug Wilson is giving. And the reason that he's got a problem with uh, the answer he's giving is because he says that while Wilson is offering up a muscular, forthright sort of Christianity, and while Wilson does not take opposition to Christ lightly, both things that Kevin DeYoung commends, he says that the appeal of Moscow is more visceral than intellectual. Meaning, people aren't moving there, and people aren't listening to the podcasts, and people aren't reading the blogs because post-millennialism is being laid out in this really like well-defined way, and it's watertight, and you can't argue with it, and everybody's just like, all right, huh? just toss out my amillennialism and toss out my premillennialism, and I'm going to be a postmillennialist, and I'm going to be a Christian nationalist because this is just so intellectually stimulating. De Young says it's not that. It's not that at all. It's, it's because of the mood of the movement. It's the attitude of the movement. The, the mood says... I'm quoting from de Young's article. We're not giving up. We are not giving in. We can do better than negotiate the terms of our surrender. I actually don't have anything wrong. I do not have a problem with those sentences. I, I, we are not giving up. We are not giving in. And we can do better than negotiate the terms of our surrender. Church, yes. Like, I agree. But then this second part is where I think you can become really antagonistic really quickly you can get your eyes off of Christ and start thinking about um, earthly thrones way too much. The infidels have come for our land, our laws, our heritage, and we will take them back. And DeYoung says that this mood misfires because, number one, it is often incompatible with Christian virtue. Number two, it is inconsiderate often of other Christians. And number three, it's inconsistent with Wilson's own claimed purpose. And he is seriously concerned about the mood of Moscow if Wilson is your mentor. And by the way, if you're listening to his podcast and you're reading his blogs and you're constantly taking in his content, then he is mentoring you. I don't care if he's your pastor or not. I don't care if you've ever met the man. He is mentoring you. So he says he's got serious concerns for being mentored, and he, and, and he gives two concrete examples for the way the mood misfires in, the, in, in, these, uh, in, in these manners, right? It's incompatibility with Christian virtue. It's inconsideration of other Christians. It's inconsistency with Wilson's own claims. He gives two concrete examples, and both have to do with no quarter November. So... November, No Quarter November always has a crazy trailer. Like at the beginning of November, he puts out 
it looks almost like a movie trailer and he's doing something nuts in it. You know, he's in a canoe, like making a, a yacht blow up or something. I mean, it's, it's, seriously, it's, it's, it's just, there's all sorts of theatrics involved. So um, this year in 2023, the trailer has him smoking a giant cigar and he puts on a flamethrower, like a real flamethrower. And he like starts setting Disney characters on fire and all these kind of media, modern media logos on fire. And now you can go on their website and you can buy the flamethrower for $2,000 or buy the flag for $60. Because let's not act like people aren't making money off this movement. But let me not be too cynical. Uh, the video is sarcastic. And it's taken cheap shots at other believers. It takes a cheap shot at the ERLC. Uh, which is the Ethics and Religious Liberties Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention. Okay, like, I have some issues with the ERLC these days. I do. Um, I, I don't think that they're carrying out all of their Christian virtues to their logical conclusions. And I think they're soft-handed sometimes when they shouldn't be. And I'm not in love with it. I'm not in love with the direction of the ERLC of the SBC. All right? On record. That's how I feel at this moment in time. Do you need to make fun of him in a video without a lot of context? That's probably not helpful. And then he makes fun of the guys at G3 who, I mean, they're not pedo-baptists. They're, they're, these are, the G3 brothers are Baptist guys, so they're going to be credo-baptists. Um, you know, I can be baptizing any babies. And they're not Christian nationalists. They have taken the stance against Christian nationalism. And they uh scott angel wrote the book citizens and exiles which is a response in many ways to this movement and it's really really good so what do they do they mock them and this is consistent with the way doug wilson tip uh, typically operates responding to criticism with mockery is that compatible with christian virtue is that considerate of other christians there's a doomsday mindset in the video where he talks about how we'll help you apocalypse-proof your home. It's probably a little tongue-in-cheek, but I would say that it is definitely the mood of his ministry uh, that he is, you know, kind of preparing Christians for the culture to fall apart. You know, getting you ready for the cultural collapse when you become an, an enemy of the culture. Um, I think that's pretty pretty typical of his teaching. And when Peter Hess preached at Seaford Baptist back in October, he said to live with a doomsday mindset as a Christian is to to live below uh, really your standard of income as a believer when it comes to, you know, in, in terms of just like how you function in, in, in what you believe and how you behave. You are a child of God and you are promised, you know, the great inheritance of uh, that, that, that is stored up for you in heaven, right? It is imperishable, it's undefiled, and the great reward of Jesus himself is going to be yours. The great reward of living in his presence on the new earth is going to be yours. And to walk around living as if this world is all there is, and when it falls apart, we fall apart, is to, to live below you know, the standard of living that God has provided for you as a believer. I loved when Peter said that. And I think that the attitude of Doug Wilson's ministry is, is it's pretty opposed to a mindset that says this world is not all there is, and I'm not going to live in despair or live with, with kind of doom uh, looking over my shoulder as a believer, because I've got a hope that, that takes me, you know, above and beyond the cares of this world. I don't act like they don't exist, but 
I've got a transcendent hope. The video also is just about Doug. It's about Doug Wilson, as all the No Quarter November trailers are. It's just him sitting there, really, um, you know, putting a spotlight on his personality, his performance, his intellectualism, his his talents and skills. <laughs> you know, it's all about him. It reminds me so much, honestly, of Rick Warren and the SBC stands thing when when he had the website and was like, you know, I'm here to represent the women of the Southern Baptist Convention who are in ministry. And it's like, are you here to represent them? Or is it all about you? Because there's like eight pictures on your website about women, right? Your, your website's about women in ministry. And of the eight pictures on this website, five of them are just like you leaning against the wall and smiling. So who's it about, Rick? So, so Doug, this video is, I mean, it's just all about you kind of putting on a show. So who's who's this really all about? DeYoung points out that the video's vibe is, hey, join us if you want to get in a shootout with the culture and make fun of those limp-wristed Christians out there. You know, join us if you want to be like Papa Doug, which there are so many people that love Canon Press and love Moscow and love Doug Wilson that call him Papa Doug, and it's so weird. It really, really, really uh, kind of makes my skin crawl. But that is the vibe of the video. Right? Come on, be like Doug Wilson. Fight the culture and fight those weak Christians. And really, the video is indicative of just the nonstop adversarial approach to the world and to other believers that disagree with them that that tends to come out of Doug Wilson's camp. We must be different from evangelical culture and from the culture at large at every turn, and antagonism is the fuel for the differentiation. It's a whole lot like the worldly political rhetoric, Kevin DeYoung points out, that you see on Fox News, that you see on MSNBC, uh, that you hear from a Ben Shapiro or that you hear from a Young Turk. Uh, you know, right or left, there's a ton of vitriol out there, and it seems like Wilson's ministry is trying to tap into that with a reformed flavor. And that is why I'm really scared that a lot of Christians could hear this, latch onto it, and just run hard in that direction. So the 2023 trailer he really uses is it's like everything that's kind of that's kind of ingrown and, and not right about this is encapsulated in this trailer. And then he also points out the 2021 trailer, which I'll just read the transcript for that. Here's what Doug Wilson says in the 2021 uh, No Quarter November video. Welcome to No Quarter November. My name is Douglas Wilson. I'm glad you decided to join us. Now, some people want to know, what is it about November that makes us want to burn things? What's with that? At this point in the video, Wilson takes a swig from a bottle of liquor. There's a little libation for those evangelicals who think I ought not be drinking like uh, stuff like that. The reason, the reason we're doing this is not that we think there's a moral obligation, that we have to be incendiary because we don't have a moral obligation to be incendiary. What we're saying is that the world has mysteriously, for some bizarre reason, become flammable. So the world is flammable. Everything catches fire these days. All you have to do is say something like white babies, or something like men shouldn't have sex with unstable women. Things that, I guess if you have kids in the car, I just... <laughs> I, 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 was, I was careful earlier, not so much this time. Uh, things that would have gone past without comment in a saner time, but we don't live in a sane time. We are not incendiary people here at Canon Press. We are ordinary people, normal people in a flammable time. And that explains why things burn in November. If it seems like everything's gone nuts, if it seems like the world's on fire, just keep doing what you're supposed to be doing. Just stay with whatever your plans were. 
Keep doing what you ought to be doing. Stay at your post. Ignore the world. So he says in the video, we don't set things on fire at Cannon Press. You know, the world's flammable. We're just trying to mind our business here. But Kevin DeYoung points out, that's just not true. It's not true at all. They literally are setting things on fire in the video. And they're setting things on fire in the video because they know their viewers want to see that because they know it's symbolic of what they do on a regular basis in all of their content. And, you know, they're in everyone's business all month long. That's what No, Qu no Quarter November is. It's unprovoked attacks on people, right? Like like 13-year-olds' playlists on Spotify. I mean, listen, we could probably talk about the music that teenage Christians are listening to, but we can't say this is a provoked attack. He's ripping Paul to Simon. He, what, I don't think Paul Simon knows who Doug Wilson is. So, no, you're not just minding your business. That's why you're drinking liquor in the video, right? I'm not saying all Christians need to be teetotalers. I've never taught that from the pulpit and never will. I don't think it's biblical. Uh, the Bible says that wine gladdens the, the heart. So I instead just think that when you sit there and you're taking a swig out of a bottle of liquor on a video you're putting out there publicly, you're doing that to make people mad. You said it. There's, here's a little libation for those evangelicals who think I ought not be drinking stuff like that. Well, you know what? I got a bunch of teetotalers in my church, Okay. And you don't know them. What have they done to you? They have, a, they, they have convictions as to why they hold that line, right? So, so you're provoking them and Christians like them. For what reason? Like, what have they done to you? Are, are, are they putting their legalism on you? They need, again, these people don't know who Doug Wilson is. I've also got people in my church who are recovered alcoholics. And God has healed them, right? And God has brought them out of that. And... Uh, I don't think that they need to see pastors on video drinking liquor uh, in kind of a thumb-in-the-eye sort of way here, right? It's like, here it is. I'm doing this. I, I, I don't like it. <laughs> I just don't like it. And I think Kevin DeYoung is right in saying that the video seems like it is, you know, it, it says, hey, the world's on fire. You just keep doing what you're doing. But, but DeYoung's right. That's not his brand. His brand is poking people in the eye. It is provocative. It is antagonistic. So it is inconsistent with his, he, he's inconsistent with his own claim purpose, right? And in the end, DeYoung says, we would be much better off for a man with this level of influence to use less wit and to focus more on, on, on the sweetness of fellowship with Christ. And in his conclusion, he really calls Doug Wilson to repent. He does. Uh, he says that he often agrees with what Doug Wilson says, that he wants to see more Christian influence in the nation, but it is the mood that he says it in. It is the attitude he says it with. This is the problem. And if you're snacking on his teaching every now and then, that's one thing. But if you're eating it three times a day, like many people are, then you're going to have a problem because... What DeYoung points out is that much of the appeal of Doug Wilson and what he says, it, 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 it appeals to what is fleshly, what is worldly in us, right? An irreverence, a rebelliousness, a sarcastic sort of playground, you know, you know, you can't get me sort of attitude. And DeYoung reminds us something we know from the seeker-sensitive movement, what you, what you win them with is what you win them to, and so if you're winning them with, we're going to drink the liberals' tears, we're going to be, we're going to be antagonistic, we're going to be in your face, well, then you have to say that way to keep your audience. You, you can never be gentle. 
You always have to have the gloves on, which is why Wilson has used words I can't say on this podcast because I would lose my job. And DeYoung points out words that he has said in his podcast, in his writings, where he would be questioned by the Presbytery, uh, Presbytery and he would be fired. Crass language about Dolly Parton's physical makeup to describe a PCA committee, right? Words to describe human anatomy that we don't use as Christian men and women. Words to describe homosexuals that you don't use as Christian men and women. So this is bigger than just a little bit of, little bit of salty attitude here, right? And DeYoung calls on this brother. He says, you need to walk in a more excellent way, points to 1 Corinthians 12.31, which, of course, the more excellent way is the way of love. And he says, he has heard Doug Wilson be wise, gracious, winsome, and resolute with a G.K. Chesterton sort of humor. And he says, that's the tone that he needs to be aiming for. That's the tone he needs to be striking. He needs to dial back the sarcasm, dial back the antagonism, and disciple a generation of men for the, the eighth decade of his life. He says, or, now this is the end of the article, and this is, as I say, it's a fight at the dinner table, man. This is spicy. He says, or he can pepper his writing with naughty words, play with blowtorches, and make fun of Southern Baptists. That's the other option. It will be hard to take both approaches at the same time. Woo! I agree with Kevin DeYoung, folks. I agree. And I think that if you are a Doug Wilson nut, you need to press pause and you need to take stock. And if that makes you press pause and take stock on me, so be it. So be it. But I, I do believe that there's danger in these waters. And Kevin DeYoung focused all really on like ethical behavior and mood and tone. Uh, I got a couple other things I could point to that would give me concern. Okay. One of them is doctrinal, that he believes in future justification, meaning that when you are saved, when you believe in Christ, that's the grounds of your justification. But your full justification comes in the future after God looks at the righteous deeds of your life that your faith produced. And I think that is dangerously close to the Roman Catholic idea of infused righteousness. It feels like we're saying Jesus plus our works to some level. And I think that he has gone off the rails. He's not the first to do this. Richard Baxter taught a very similar idea with his doctrine of final justification. And you know what? His contemporaries battled him on that, like John Owen took him to task on that. So we've gone through this before. We don't need to retread these waters. These, these are, these are, these, this is not good evangelical doctrine. You might even say it's, it's false teaching. It, it's close. I think it's close. And I love Richard Baxter. He's the logo of the podcast. I love Richard Baxter. But I think he was he was starting to flirt with some some major fallacy there, some major falsehood. And and Wilson's not he, he's holding to this. He is holding to this. This is this is doctrine. He's teaching this doctrine now, right? Post Baxter and Owen. He read all that and he said, nope, I'm still teaching this. I also have a problem with the fact that he wrote a book, Southern Slavery as it was, where he basically said that slavery created affection between races that was previously unknown in the world, and that the American slave trade was more benign than history shows. He condemns it. He condemns it. But it's more benign than history shows. He's been called a neo-Confederate because of those views. You can call him what you want. I just think that the American slave trade 
is by definition, scripturally, biblically, an abomination before the Lord. It's against his law. And for a guy that talks so much about how the law of God should be instituted in the nation, why play footsies with positive feelings regarding the American slave trade? I'm sorry. Again, this is just not great for Christian witness. Like taking a swig out of a bottle of liquor on a video that you intend for millions millions of people to see as a pastor. So, anyways, there's there's my uh, my Doug Wilson, Kevin DeYoung thoughts. So there's a fight at the dinner table. I'm with Kevin. I'm with Kevin. If I had to take a side, you know. And sometimes we have to fight. Sometimes we have to disagree. And sometimes we need to do it publicly. It's happened in the past, and it's happening here in the present, and it will happen again in the future. This is what we need to do. Kevin, Kevin DeYoung is not talking about some no-name here. He's talking about a guy who has shared a stage with John Piper on, I think, more than one occasion, but certainly in a very public way in the, the famous YouTube video about, you know, um, the end times debate with Jim Hamilton, Piper, Sam Storms, and Doug Wilson. So he's been on stage with John Piper. He's been in media with John Piper. He is... Um, got millions of people that listen to him and follow his work. And in light of that, I think it was worth Kevin DeYoung's time. I think he did a good job with it. And I think we should heed his words and really consider uh, our relationship with Doug Wilson's teaching, if indeed we have one. So anyways, that's it. And uh, that's all I've got for you today. And we close with our questions. How are you doing? How are you doing, Christian? How is your soul? How is God's grace at work in your life? How do you want his grace to be at work in your life? And if you think about those questions and you need to talk to a pastor, please reach out to us at connect at seafordbaptist.com. We would be happy to get back in touch with you. All right, until next time, keep living that pilgrim life. Keep representing the kingdom of God in the kingdom of man.